Shall we begin? Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> well then, hello. Welcome to the Content Swap Podcast. You are joined by Parker Anderson. And Aaliyah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to do it fun. And Aaliyah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, good job. Good synchronicity. Well, uh, welcome back. We are here once again to share you with... Oh, gosh. Uh, share to share with you. you. Yeah. <laughs> we are here once again to share with you the content that we have shared, swapped, swapped with each other in the past week. <laughs> Let's go. But before we do, uh, what's new? I got kicked by a horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Could elaborate on that or? No. <laughs> all right this is the Aaliyah got kicked by a horse episode yeah yeah it, hurt. it hurts you got a big old bruise yep but that's not gonna stop me all right what's new with you uh oh wow good question um you know just been playing games listening to music yeah doing the thing doing the thing yep i'm playing wind waker neon white and I'm still trying to beat Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise, mm. which <laughs> one day. <laughs> and we finished Stranger Things. And we finished Stranger Things, yeah. I'm gonna the uh, No, we're going to get copyrighted. <laughs> it's like the most popular song in the world right That's now. That's like the only lyric I know. It was like number one on iTunes I because of it. Stranger Things. I believe it. Yeah. It's been on every TikTok. Yep. Oh, I've been listening to more cult podcasts, actually. I'm very glad you've like really dove into it. Yeah, I went and found a bunch of episodes that I thought I'd be interested in, and I saved them, so I have them saved for later, Mm -hmm. and I've listened to a few of them, but I've realized that it's a very like dark and dreary thing to be (laughs) listening to all the time, so there's a balance. Yeah. 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 There's, and especially with like some of the cults, it's like so bad that you're like, I can't. Yeah. You're like, I got to give myself a minute because that was rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's been, you know, here and there, but overall, good experience. Nice. All right. Well, that's our weekly update. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Now, end the podcast. What'd you say? End the podcast. Oh, my gosh. No. We have things to talk about. Yes, So I'm going to jump in. Yes. You are first. Yes. So I was assigned to play... Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward, which I have been calling it the video game for the past (laughs) week because I couldn't remember what it was called. Yes, it Um, is a very long name. Yeah, so I'm glad to have the title now. Um, But basically, in terms of a synopsis, and there's quite a lot of information, I tried to just pluck out the important stuff. Okay. Um, But basically, it's set... Well, so we kind of start off as this character named Sigma. That's who you are. Um, And basically, on December 25th, so Christmas of 2028, Sigma was basically abducted um, in the school, his school school parking lot. Um, And so the game starts with Sigma waking up in this unknown elevator, um, and he sees that another girl is with him, and this girl's named Phi. And so 
both of them kind of come to and they're like, what's going on? Uh, well, actually, Phi has been awake, um, but Sigma kind of comes to and is like, whoa, where am I? There's a girl here. Um, and she points out that they both have on these watches. Both of their watches have the number three on it and they say pair. But they don't know what's kind of going on with the watches. The buttons don't work on the watches and they can't get it off. Um, and so after kind of having a conversation with one another, um, and Fox kind of sketchy. She like knows Sigma's name, but we don't really know how she knows his name. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of sus of her. But um, all of a sudden, a screen pops up in this elevator and we see this like really creepy bunny. Um, and his name is Zero Three. And he's like, everyone's awake. Yay. This is the Nonary Games Ambidex Edition. Woo. Yeah. The Nonary Game Ambidex Edition. Yeah. And so yeah. we don't know what this means. <laughs> but basically, Zero Three is like, to start off, I need you guys to escape this elevator because it will fall and you guys will die. Then I'll explain what the Nonary Games is. So they're like, okay, we got to figure out how to get out of this elevator. And so that's where you come in and that's where the game starts. You have to use the clues like an escape room. Like if anyone's ever been to like a physical escape room, it's that. You got to find clues, figure out, you know, where these keys are, what these codes are to get out of the elevator. Um, And so that essentially is the game. Um, But basically once you get out of this first escape room, um, you meet other characters, so there's a few of you. Um, and Zero Three explains what the Nonary Games is. And basically, on everyone's watch, they all start off with the number three. This is the amount of points that they have. Yes. And as they... Um, basically, they have to do go to the Ambidex room for multiple rounds to like vote whether they want to betray or be an ally with whoever they've worked with in escape rooms yes um and so the goal is that once you obtain nine points then you can open up this door that has a number nine on it and that's how you basically free yourself from this hostage situation right um we should probably explain a little bit about how the so the ambidex game is how they gain points like you said how they have to choose to either ally or betray with the person that they participated in the game with so at the beginning of the game you're paired with uh phi Mm -hmm. but it's 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 always the people working on escape rooms together are always a pair of people and then a solo person Mm -hmm. and it's the pair and the solo person that are deciding whether to ally or betray each other Mm -hmm. and the way that that system works is that as you said everybody has three points and then if both people choose to ally with each other, they both gain, or both parties uh, gain two points. If one party chooses betray, then the person that chose betray gets three points, and the ch- person that chose ally gets minus two points. But if both parties betray, then... Nobody nothing. gets points. Yes, yeah. nothing happens. So it's it's essentially the prisoner's dilemma, mm-hmm. um, but as this like survival game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just what Parker explained. <laughs> and so yeah, so then once you receive nine points, 
you're able to open the number nine door that frees you from the hostage situation. The number nine door is only open for nine seconds. Um, and if you don't have enough points, you don't get to go through the door. Yeah. And it um, only opens once. Yeah. And it only opens once. So whoever doesn't get to go through, they're just stuck in there. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, and also if you lose points and you get down to, is it zero or one? Zero. Yeah. If you get down to zero, then you die. So basically yeah. there's a serum inside everyone's watches that if you get down to zero points, it shoots you with the serum and you die. Yeah. Um, so that's essentially the game. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a bit more to, well, like, there's more storyline, but I think right. But, but there's, there are, there are other kind of like storytelling elements at play in this game specifically, like mm-hmm. at multiple different junctures, you're being given a choice mm-hmm. and some basically it only really comes down to two different types of choices. And that is which escape room do you want to go to? And that is decided by, um, at the beginning of every round, Mm -hmm. you're paired up with somebody who has the same color as you, or you're a solo with your own color. Um, And you have to pair up with somebody who, well, basically there's, there's three different doors to go through. All of the doors are different colors. You have your color and you can only go through the door with somebody that if you combine your colors, it makes the color of that door. So if you want to go through to like the magenta room, then the people with, I think like red bracelets and the people with a blue bracelet um, are the only ones that can go into that room, like through that combination. So I guess like as Sigma, you are given your color and at different junctures, you're basically being asked, like you've been told that you're paired with this person or sometimes you're solo and you're making the choice of like, which door am I going to go through and which door that you choose to go through is going to determine who you're going through that door with because Mm -hmm. of just how the matching system works. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at, you know, you're in an escape room, you solve the whole thing, you find a bunch of different like, really interesting clues kind of like along the way to help explain like the greater happenings Mm -hmm. of like what's going on with this whole weird game. Uh, But then, you know, once all that's done and you're playing the ambidex game and you're voting to ally or betray, that's the other juncture where you're making a choice of like, am I going to ally with this person who I just participated in this game with, or am I going to betray them? Mm -hmm. And so there's like a whole flow chart of all the different possible choices that you can make Mm -hmm. and kind of the the greater concept of the game is to basically experience every single possible juncture that exists in the story so like you played through it and you finished like the timeline that you played Mm -hmm. but and I'll let you explain that, but mm-hmm. um, like you played the timeline that you played. I also played through a certain timeline and mm-hmm. we played through different timelines and we got different types of information and got to know different characters from doing that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're supposed to kind of go back to the timeline flow and go back to certain points in the story where you made choices and then discover what happens if you go along this different path. Mm-hmm. Because in that process, you learn different things about people's backgrounds, 
who's involved with who, why you might be playing this game. And ultimately through that entire process of like experiencing these different timelines, you kind of get a bigger picture of like what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So overall thoughts. I thought this game was super fun. I loved the escape rooms a lot. Um, the first two that I did, pretty simple. I won't say it was easy, but it wasn't hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. That third escape room I did, I could not for the life of me figure it out. It's like I knew what I had to do. I couldn't figure out how to put things together to get the answers that I needed. So all of these, did you write down like what the names of the locations were where you did the escape rooms? Because... Each one kind of has like a, it's like a different type of room. Yeah. It was the, the one that I struggled with was the pantry. The pantry? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I. What were the other ones that you did? Well, the first is like the elevator. And then the second one I did was the lounge. Oh, that's right. I did the lounge as well. Mm, Yeah. The lounge was pretty easy, but yeah. And so they give you an option. Like it's, it's all escape rooms start off as like hard and then if you're really struggling, you can switch it to easy and get clues, like more clues from the people you're working with. Yeah. But like low key, those clues are not very helpful. Oh <laughs> like I switched it to easy when it came to the pantry because I was like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to look at. I know I need to look at the shelf to get this code, but I could not put the shelf together. Like I could not figure out the number. It was all numbers and numbers stump me. <laughs> like when, when yeah. puzzles have numbers, I panic because I'm so bad with numbers. So me saying that as a researcher which is like nothing but numbers but I'm so bad with like number puzzles so yeah I just was struggling for a little bit but ended up figuring it out in the end um but yeah but I I enjoyed the escape rooms however this is where the game fell apart for me okay um so yeah so I did not like the whole kind of choose your own adventure timeline type of thing And here's my reasoning. And this is very specific to just me as like a game player. So I can understand why people would really enjoy this game. Okay. Um, And I don't want to like say the game is bad because it's a great game. But for me as a game player, I've said this in many podcasts before. Like I don't like to dedicate a lot of time to a game. I need a game that is like start to finish. I can finish in like a week and Mm -hmm. not spend too much of my time on it, but still enjoy it. And with the whole choose your own adventure, like I, so basically every time that I did the Ambidex game, the Ambidex voting thing, um, so we did, I did it twice. And every time I chose Betray because I was like, I don't care about these people. Oh like I want my three points and I knew they would choose ally. So, and I was, it just made sense. I was like, logically, why would I choose ally? Mm-hmm. So I kept cho- choosing Betray. So I got my nine points very quickly. Yeah. Um, got my nine points quickly freed myself and then that that was the end of the game there was like a plot which i'll get to that in just a second but that aside there was like a a little storyline that played out and that was it and i was like seriously i only did three escape rooms yeah you're supposed to do different timelines (laughs) yeah okay different timelines have different escape rooms so i didn't know that and so then when i finished i was like that was the worst and then you were like oh you have to go back and play other timelines. And like for me, that ruined it. I was like, what? no, because I don't want to sit here, finish this game just to be like, okay, now go back and play a million other times. Like keep playing again and again and again to yeah. get more of the story. And I really 
didn't like that because I'm like, that's such a waste of my time. And now, now I don't want to play it because I'd rather but it's just... it's not... <laughs> the thing is, it's not a waste of your time. I mean, it's new information. it's always new. It's never... You never... You don't have to re-experience anything that you've already experienced. You just go back to that ex- exact point in time where you made a choice and then just make a different one. But for me, that's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if it's new information, the fact that I have to play out, I know I have to do this timeline. Okay, finish that timeline. Let me do another timeline. Finish that timeline. Let me do another. Like, that's just too much for me. All right. And it's, like, not enjoyable. And so I was like, I wish, I wish that this had been, like, solely an escape room game where, like, in one linear timeline you have to go through all these escape rooms until you finally free yourself i get that and there are escape room games out there that are meant for that specific purpose but the reason why i like this one is because like there are escape room games that there might not necessarily even be a story it's just escape this room there's no like rhyme or reason it's just like you're just doing it to solve a puzzle mm-hmm. this is essentially the same thing but there's a story tying all of it together mm-hmm. and it's like yes while the story may have ended in the timeline that you were in now you get to go play different escape rooms mm-hmm. and get a new perspective on the story at large mm-hmm. and just ultimately find new things out about what the heck is going on because it is like a really big mystery mm-hmm. and zero three does tell you like there is like i'm i'm a robot i'm an ai mm-hmm. and the real person who's responsible for putting you all here mm-hmm. it's one of the nine of you who are participating in this game mm-hmm. so like yes you did uh, you know, play through some escape rooms and that was fun and you made decisions and then mm-hmm. impacted the story and you were able to escape. But you still have all these lingering questions of like, who the heck even was like mm-hmm. the real zero? Mm-hmm. Zero being the person who's like the whole reason the, this whole thing happened. But I feel like you can have that storyline without having the multiple timelines. Like you can still play that out in like one just like linear thing that everyone completes but then it would just be well one based on how this game is set up it would be a lot shorter and exactly well, <laughs> that's the point i mean see, but like i mean ultimately like if you escaped and like you're satisfied and you're like yeah i was able to make it out i did three escape rooms and i'm good now but that's then, the thing like, is like i wasn't satisfied but i also had zero motivation to go back and like get more of the clues so it's like i i think they could have personally i would have preferred it to be just like one thing you might have to change like the whole point because obviously like the betraying the ally is a big part of it so like if you're not getting points in that sort of sense you'd have to change some things but i think it could have still been a really good mystery with like maybe you complete you know six escape rooms or whatever six or seven escape rooms and then at the end, you get the reveal of, like, who was the person behind all this. Yeah, I like, and I get that. It, that's just a very, like, linear story. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why I like this is because it's a type of story that is a mystery that you can only really experience through the medium of it being a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you get to escape through all these rooms and solve a mystery, but from all these different possible perspectives, mm-hmm. like you can't get that out of a show or a movie. It's a completely unique experience to this mm-hmm. to this game. Mm-hmm. And that's to me what makes it stand out. If it was just like something linear, 
then like I don't think the story for me would be as interesting because mm. it's not it's just like oh I'm doing these escape rooms and eventually mm-hmm. I'm gonna find out who the killer is mm-hmm. it's like based on which choices I make in this game I might find out who the killer is mm-hmm. early or I might find out like this specific fact about this person mm-hmm. early like everybody has a different experience based on the choices that they make when they play this game of mm-hmm. what exactly is going to happen or what they're going to find out and in what order they're going to find that stuff out in. And for the creators to have written the story in that way mm-hmm. to make it so that like you'll still be satisfied mm-hmm. regardless of what order that you are like learning information in, mm-hmm. I think is like like that's an achievement that's really cool Mm -hmm. um you just can't get that anywhere else yeah like i said i completely understand your point of view and why you would really enjoy it and i i can understand why a ton of people would really enjoy it but yeah as like a non-game player who's like if i have to spend more than like a week on this i'm throwing it in the trash Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't. But like also, I'm just, I'm not big into like choose your own adventure things. Yeah. Like freaking Black Mirror Bandersnatch, the worst thing ever. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's different because you don't know at what point you're going to be making choices and it's mm-hmm. all just kind of like a, a looped puzzle. This at least has some organization of like, you mm-hmm. can go back to that specific moment. You don't have to rewatch everything that's already happened. Like. Mm-hmm. Just go back to that moment. You know exactly when it is. Make a different choice. See something mm-hmm. else happen. But that's the thing. Is like I don't like to have to go back to see other things play out. I'm like, show me my time. Like if if I have to engage in some sort of thing that's like choose your own adventure, and I get one specific timeline. I'm like, cool. That's my timeline. Just show me what the other like timelines look like. Like I don't want to go but back and do it. <laughs> I think like part of why. Okay. So this game is also not just like an escape room game. Like the, mm-hmm. all that st- those story segments, like it really is like a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Um, like it would be classified as a visual novel game. Mm-hmm. So like the story is a really big part of it. Mm-hmm. And so like in your case of you explaining like just show me all the other timelines, mm-hmm. like playing them is them showing you but then you also get to do escape rooms which is what you said you wanted in the first place yeah but i think maybe that's it i don't care about the story i just want to do the escape room maybe that's the thing because right i feel like also the storytelling part i was like oh my gosh sometimes come it's on. like i'm long. like get yeah. through it i don't care i <laughs> understand that yeah <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, sometimes it is kind of long. Sometimes mm-hmm. things aren't necessary. And he's like thinking and like thinking all these things. He's like, oh, this dude's acting Sigma. weird. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. But like, I mean, if you're not trying to rush it and you're just like, it's like reading a book. Like if you're just sitting and experiencing it mm-hmm. without like trying to breeze through it, mm-hmm. then it's, I think, a lot more enjoyable to di- to just digest in general. And I wonder, it's interesting you say it's like reading, like reading a book because I don't find it like reading a book. Like, I feel like when you have the storytelling in games, there's still a lack of depth to the people, like to the characters. And so like, I don't feel connected to them to where I care about the story versus like when a book you're like, they go Uh into such depth in terms of who the character is. 
Well, maybe if you experience the other timelines, oh my you would learn more about these characters and understand how they act in different situations or when faced in different types of topics and conversations. I guess. I guess. Like, for for example, um, like you chose to betray both times you had to make an ambidex decision. I, what I did was I chose to ally. Mm-hmm. So like at, at the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, like, at the beginning, we're faced with a choice of, like, which door do you want to go through? And both of us chose to go through the magenta door, mm-hmm. which was, um, we're with Phi already. We're paired with Phi. And then going through the magenta door means you're going with this woman, Luna. So, basically, f- both of us, our first ambidex decision was to either ally or betray with Luna. You chose to betray her, and I chose to ally with her. Cutthroat. <laughs> and Luna chooses ally, so like we both gain two points. Um, in your case, she lost two points, and so now she's got a one. And like you get to see that reaction from her mm-hmm. of like, oh, okay, I thought we were friends. Yeah, so, like there are no friendships in this oh, game. <laughs> and then for me, my my experience is she's like, wow, thanks, we're buds, <laughs> you know. But like from there, you know. We, I made a different decision of like which door to go through next mm-hmm. and you went through you know you did the the pantry I did the recreation room after that mm-hmm. and I was with you know probably different characters than you were with and so I got to know those characters like there are still I finished my timeline but there are still characters who I have not gotten a chance to like do the escape room with yeah. so I don't know too much about like who those characters are mm-hmm. um but like when I was then faced with my ambidex decision after the rec room, I chose to ally and the person that I was paired with or the person that we were playing the ambidex game against um, chose to betray. And that mm-hmm. person had chosen to betray on their first round successfully. So then they ended up with nine points at the end of that and they escaped. They were like, screw you guys. And they dipped and left and it was like, oh no. And, like, I basically got a game over screen. It was like, <laughs> sucks to suck. <laughs> so yeah. I experienced one of the bad endings. Mm-hmm. So then immediately I was like, okay, well, let me just hop back to that decision. I'm going to choose to betray this person. And so instead, like, we both choose betray. Their points don't go up. My points don't go up. And then from there, it's like, all right, well, now more stuff needs to happen. Mm -hmm. If I had just decided, like, oh, I made a bad choice, Mm -hmm. and this person betrayed me, and they left, Mm -hmm. and I just decided to stop playing the game there, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be a very fulfilling experience. Mm -hmm. So I go back, I I choose something else, and then I see... All of this crazy stuff starts happening after that. Like, people got murdered. I won't even tell you who. I know Um, two people got murdered. Two people got murdered in your timeline as well? Okay, but in other timelines, sometimes other people get murdered. And Quark is missing. Oh, yeah, Quark is missing in mine, too. (laughs) Um, It's like, where'd that kid go? But in other timelines, Quark is not missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the timeline that I experienced, uh, also kind of random, the first time we play the Ambidex game in the timeline that we chose after you go through the Magenta door, um, when you open up the doors, there's this, like, uh, dead old woman Mm -hmm. inside of the uh inside of like the those the the room where you play the ambidex game and it's like who the who even is this woman Mm -hmm. and in other timelines you do get to find out like who that woman is in Mm -hmm. the timeline that you played where you like 
betrayed everybody and got out. <laughs> like, you didn't get to find out who the heck that woman even was. Yeah. Um, in the timeline that I got to experience after I, like, chose to ally, but then betray instead of ally the second time, um, I didn't find out who the old woman was, but I did find out who killed her. Mm-hmm. And there's, like all these this crazy amount of information Mm -hmm. that like i got to find out just from like that one decision and going back to Mm -hmm. like change it Mm -hmm. um so like i guess for me like what makes it so satisfying is that there is a reason to play through every single timeline of events because you do find out something specific and worthwhile from that timeline it's not like oh you know okay and then we escaped like it's each one gives you specific new information that helps fill in gaps in mm-hmm. the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> <laughs> um, I wonder, as someone who, I'm asking you a question. So okay. as someone who has done research on gaming, ha- or some research on gaming. Yeah. You did esports. Not too much, yeah. Yeah, but... In your own interest, have you come across research studies that, like, look into players who play games like this, where it's like, do you betray people? Do you, like, work with people and see, like, what that means? Like, for me, where I'm like, I'm betraying everyone. I don't care. Like, what does that say about me as a person? Right. Like, you who, like, I'm going to (laughs) ally. Well, okay. You wouldn't even need to do that research because (laughs) the game, this game in and of itself is basing... You know, it's basing this whole game on the prisoner's dilemma, which is its own Mm -hmm. set of psychological experiments that was that was done in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I think the part of the reason why I like this game so much is because it is like taking ideas from psychology and Mm -hmm. from philosophy. Um, There's like a whole thing about Schrodinger's cat in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's taking these like really interesting concepts that I know from like my academic life mm-hmm. and applying them to a story in a game that like, I think overall as a design is just like a very big brain design. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Do people like replicate those studies nowadays? Like, I don't think so. Or maybe, but it's like with a different flavor, you know, well, of course everything has to have like a novel aspect to it. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. Um, my second issue with the game. <laughs> oh, you got, oh, okay. Continue. Yeah, this is my last thing. Cause again, I, I only played so much of it, so yeah. I can't but, say too much. But you did play for like Oh, I played for a while, hours, right? Like, like more than six hours. I yeah. played six hours on that one day and right. that was only like, yeah, after, yeah. that was just to get me to the first ambidex room. Yeah. Um. I probably played six hours. Yeah. Um, so... In my timeline, you escape with Dio and Phi. Oh. And Dio... Should we go through, like, who are all these characters? I think that's a lot. <laughs> There's only nine of them. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. I'll explain who Dio is. Okay. Dio's kind of like... I don't even... And, like, there's really not... You can add more because you played more, but... Okay. So... As far as I know, Dio's kind of like this, like... Kind of, like, mean cowboy-looking <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's funny that you say cowboy because of his hat. Yeah. I see him as kind of like a 
Joker kind of. Because hmm. his hat's more of a top hat, not a cowboy hat. I can't remember. I don't know. His, I just hated his character His a outfit's lot. got more like circus ringmaster vibes to me than That's it does true. cowboy vibes. I think I'm just misremembering. Okay. But yeah. But anyway, so at the end of my timeline, um, I escape with Fi and Dio. Fi and Dio were paired during the ambidex room. And so Fi was like, hey we're going to reach nine points. Dio for sure is going to escape. He, yeah. he doesn't care about anybody. I mean, Dio is a character you know he's going to yeah. choose to betray everybody. Yeah, and so she's like, you need to betray so you can come with us. I already knew I was going to betray from the get-go. Oh <laughs> because again, I was like, I don't care about any of these fools. I'm getting out of here. Um, But yeah, but she said that, and I was like, cool, tight. That's what I was going to do in the first place. Oh my God. So... I betray, I get my nine points, we all three escape. Um, so another plot to the story is like this this warehouse or whatever that we're like held hostage in yeah. is like, a, what did I call it? I said a virus shelter because I didn't know what to call it because basically there's a pandemic going on and it's getting folks. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting folks out in the world and like in this shelter and- you find like these like suits and there's like i think there's like others it seems like it's like to be safe from the virus yeah i mean you you find out that this virus exists while you're in the shelter because when everybody got taken Mm -hmm. and kidnapped they there was no virus Mm. and then now suddenly they're in this shelter and they're like reading certain information like when you're in the lounge you find like a magazine yeah or like a news article and it's about this virus and it's like what there's a virus out in the world now yeah so that's just to explain that but yeah go on so yeah so that's that's a little side thing but when i so when i escape with dio and fi we come out of the shell we come out of the place uh-huh. and we're on like a, we're in like a desert okay um and fi like knows information about Dio or something and goes to him and is like, what, like, what's the code to this thing that we found? Yeah. Like we need the code. We need the code. Yeah. yeah, And Dio's like, Dio basically gives this whole backstory of how he's in like an alien cult. And he like, (laughs) 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 literally, I don't know what, I don't even remember everything he said, but I remember he was in like an alien cult and he was sent here to do something. Mm -hmm. And at this point I was like, what is this mess? <laughs> Why is this here? How yeah, yeah, is this relevant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't explain this pandemic. It doesn't help with anything. Well, and also, like, this makes no sense. Uh-huh. It makes no sense. Uh-huh. Which I know, again, I'm missing key information. Um, but still, it just felt so irrelevant that, like, yeah, when I finished, I was like, Forget this game. I'm never touching it again. <laughs> well, the point is that you're supposed to see that, find that out, and go like, what the heck? <laughs> and go choose a different timeline and figure out, fill in the blanks. Because it does all in the end explain yeah. itself. Um, because, yeah, I, I mean, I play this game... I've only played through this game fully once, and it was like 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, game came out in 2012, but um, so it's it's been a while. So I like I remember 
key pieces of information of like the big picture, but there is still like smaller details that I've just kind of completely forgot. I did remember that Dio was part of like some kind of alien cult. I don't know about <laughs> alien cult, but definitely like it was an organization, an that... alien cult. Oh, okay. I, well, <laughs> I guess we got to play the rest of the game to find out what that's about. Um, spoilers, but that's like. <laughs> That's just like the backstory on one character yeah. and it's like it doesn't explain anything. Yeah. So there are other mind-blowing uh, pieces of information to mm-hmm. learn about other people uh, that are like really pertinent and really interesting mm-hmm. um, that might make a little bit more sense than being part of an alien cult. But it does, <laughs> if, if I recall correctly, there is like a reasonable like explanation <laughs> Of, like, what all that's about. But, like, I guess to explain some of it, it's that, like, you know, like, you're experiencing these different timelines, and then Mm -hmm. you're hopping to different timelines to figure out, like, how things play out differently. Mm -hmm. There does come a point, I mean, this is kind of a big spoiler, but also, like, not. Mm -hmm. Um, There comes a point where, like, you realize, like, you're jumping between these timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Phi kind of alludes to it sometimes where she's like, oh, like, things played out differently last time. Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, oh, like, you and Phi are kind of, like, self-aware that there are other timelines mm-hmm. uh, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's it, That kind of feels like a big spoiler. But <laughs> I'm trying to avoid spoilers for that. But the, the, it, I guess it doesn't fully explain the bigger picture of like absolutely everything that's going on because there's just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm pretty sure that there is like there's a something that does require a code in a different timeline where you're just like we don't know what to do because we don't have the code. And it's like now in this other timeline like Phi is like remembering that that exists in a different timeline. It's like Dio what's the code? Mm-hmm. Um so, and I'm pretty sure, like, once you get that code, you then go back to that other timeline mm-hmm. and then, like, put in that code and mm-hmm. then find out a whole bunch of new information. So, mm-hmm. I will say the whole, like, self-aware about different timelines thing does get a little, like, all right, that's a bit much. <laughs> um, it, it's, it is almost, like, too kind of, like, crazy science fiction-wise. Yeah. Um. Because the rest does feel, like, pretty grounded. Um, yeah, I mean, this, it gets a little carried away sometimes. But mm-hmm. overall, like, it is, I think, yeah. a very unique experience. Yeah, I feel like that's how I felt when Dio gave his little backstory. Because I was like, okay, it started off as this, like, really cool, like, weird bunny that's, like, holding us hostage. And, like, we're trying to get out. And I'm like, ooh, this is kind of, like, horror And that's fun. And then it was, like, pandemic. And I was like okay sure uh-huh. and then he was like alien cult and i was like i'm done <laughs> i'm done what is going they're, they're throwing in too much yeah it does it does get a little carried away but once it all wraps up it's like mm-hmm. wow that was something that was it was un, it's unique it's mm-hmm. it feels special it does it does get explained but I guess maybe not in the most satisfying way, just from the fact that there is an alien cult at all. Um, <laughs> but like, but it, but but also like, I mean, some some threads by the end, like when they finish, are very satisfying, and then mm-hmm. others are like, you don't maybe don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I could also be wrong because I remember finishing <laughs> this game and just really liking it. Yeah. Despite the weirdness of like this whole alien cult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is a very like weird game. Yeah. Like, some of the characters are like this is a this this game was like created by uh, Japanese creators and it's like a very anime style mm-hmm. and it is kind of like a weird anime style. Mm-hmm. There's a character named Alice who's like not even wearing a shirt like she's Mm -hmm. i I I didn't want to have to get into that but like she's kind of like this like fan servicey character where it's like she's got a jacket on but she's got a necklace under that jacket but it's a really big necklace Mm -hmm. and the necklace is like the only thing that's covering her chest Mm -hmm. um but like you can't see anything but it is very much like that is the most anime outfit i could possibly think of Mm -hmm. and like yeah, it's like like it's it's like fan servicey character, and this this game is actually the second game in a trilogy. Um, so there is a game before this one called Nine Nine Nine. It's like nine doors, nine persons, nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and like each of these games does have like that one fan servicey character, mm-hmm. and like I say fan service because there are fans out there. It's like this is service to them. I'm like <laughs> ooh, I like that, you know. But it's like it makes it really hard as somebody that did really appreciate the way that the story was told um, Mm -hmm. because it's such a unique experience. It makes it really hard to recommend to people because you do have to buy into that like weird, just fan servicey element that Mm -hmm. like, because it's kind of made uh, from the, like because it's made in Japan and they kind of have like a different cultural perspective. And it's like, I guess a little bit more like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not, not that that's like necessarily a normal thing in Japan, but it's like mm-hmm. over there, they'd be more likely to be kind of like, yeah, that's, that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess it wouldn't be as surprising to see mm-hmm. whereas it's like our Western sentiments are like, what the heck is that? Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's hard to like, if you've been listening up until this point thinking like, wow, this sounds really interesting. And now we're all like alien cult woman with a necklace covering her chest it's like huh and that's fair mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a very fair criticism but if you can get past that mm-hmm. the rest is really interesting mm-hmm. so yeah that's the that, i think that's the one thing for me that it's just like it makes it difficult to to recommend to others be, mm-hmm. just because you know there's going to be a reaction to that but but the rest you would you say was pretty <laughs> pretty neat <laughs> yeah i mean despite how i've like gone off on this game (laughs) i out of all the games that you've given me this was my favorite and i could definitely see myself whenever i'm bored (laughs) just like going back i mean like you know what i'm just gonna play through this yeah and play some more um because yeah i did really love the escape room aspect of it and thought that was really fun so yeah that's kind of that's all my thoughts on this game yeah i mean when i recommended to you i asked you I mean, I had asked you like weeks ago, I was like, you like anime? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, you like murder mysteries? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, and do you like escape rooms? And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Like, I think you'd really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you are like Aaliyah and you like all <laughs> three of those things, check this game out. It's really good. Mm-hmm. We did like an unintentional murder theme this Yes, this we did week. do like a murder mystery <laughs> theme for sure. Yeah, that's funny um yeah that's all all i have okay zero escape virtues last reward yep
part of the Zero Escape series. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the third one's called Zero Time Dilemma. It's, I think, not as good story-wise as the first two, but it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. So I will get into what I was assigned for this week, which was Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, starring mm-hmm. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. What is Only Murders in the Building? <laughs> Other than the greatest new hit show phenomenon uh, out there that if you're not watching, you need to start watching. Um, So it's about these three characters, as I said. Uh, So Steve Martin plays a guy named Charles. His whole thing is that he used to play this character named Brazos on TV. Brazos was like a detective. Um, So that was like Steve Martin's like most well-known role or Charles's most well-known role, and he hasn't really had work since. But it's made him, like, a decent amount of money, and he can afford to live comfortably in this building, the Arconia, where everything really takes place in. That's the building of the only murders in the building. Um, (laughs) Now there's Martin Short's character, who is Oliver, uh he, my favorite character I, I i like him i i probably like charles the most just because i probably identify with him the most <laughs> um but so the, yeah martin short's character is oliver who is, he's like a stage director but he hasn't really directed anything in years he his last big work was called splash the musical <laughs> which had a pool in the middle of the stage and the hydraulic system wasn't working during a performance and like all the mer people were supposed to jump into the pool on the stage but because the hydraulic system wasn't working the pool didn't like open so everybody just like fell onto the stage <laughs> they were like splat um nobody died or anything but like that's that's basically like what ruined his career <laughs> Which is just like ridiculous and fun um, of a backstory. Such an Oliver thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Of course, very... that's what ruined his career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's there. He's there too. And then there's Selena Gomez who plays Mabel, and she uh, she lives in this building in her aunt's apartment, um, but her aunt doesn't live there. Do, do we know what happened to her aunt? That's a good, like, as you were just talking, I was like, I don't know what happened to her aunt. I don't yeah. know if her aunt has passed away or what. Or maybe it'll yeah, be I a plot point. Clear, yeah. yeah. Like, I think they just kind of, like, skirt around that. Yeah. But, like, her aunt will just, like, randomly come back later in the story, perhaps. Um, so, basically how it all starts out is, like, you know, they all live in this building, and it's got this very, like, kind of clue feel to it, just aesthetically, musically. Um, and... They're all, all three of them are uh, listening to the same podcast. It's, and it's like a true crime mystery podcast. And they don't all know that they're all interested in the same podcast. It's just like, as we, the audience, are finding out more about their characters, uh, they all kind of like inter- intersect in the elevator in one scene. And this guy kind of walks into the elevator at one point. And he's on the phone and he seems kind of angry. And then he leaves the elevator and it's just the three of them in the elevator and you know uh oliver tries to spark some conversation between them but you know they're none of them are really interested in talking to each other 
So they're all kind of like in their respective apartments after that. And then the fire alarm goes off. So they all need to evacuate the building. And you see as Charles is going down the stairs to evacuate the building, somebody in a tie-dye hoodie is going up the stairs up uh, to the top of the building. And so he's kind of like, huh, that's kind of weird. But so he goes outside and basically like they find out like, yeah, the fire alarm's been pulled. You got to chill out here and wait. So he goes across the street, gets a booth at this restaurant. And then Oliver walks in. It's like, oh, hey, I know you. Um, And while Charles was chilling in the booth, he's listening to this true crime podcast trying to figure out like, oh, what's happening? What's what's happening in the story? Mm -hmm. Um, Because like at that point in the true crime podcast it was like this dog has something in its mouth and it's like ooh, well, what's the what's in his mouth and so um but anyway so oliver sees him is trying to like spark some conversation with him and uh, you know charles is kind of like eh. and oliver's like well i'm gonna go over here and listen to my you know the, the new episode of my favorite podcast and then he notices that like charles has is basically listening to the same podcast and they both kind of have this moment where they both realize they're fans of this podcast. And Charles is like, what's in the dog's mouth? And he's like, I know, right? And then Selena Gomez shows up. And I don't remember how it happened for her. But she was, I guess, also listening to the podcast. And all three of them are like, what's in the dog's mouth? I don't know. And then they all become friends by bonding over like this true crime podcast together. And then they find out that there was... A murder in their building and I think it was on the ninth floor and they're all like maybe we should investigate like what what the murder was but how can we get back into the building everything's been shut down and they're like oh we can take the freight elevator to the eighth floor and that's what they do they go (laughs) up and they take the freight elevator to the eighth floor and they go to like they, they figure out like where the apartment was, where the murder happened, and they see the dead body. It's this guy, Tim Kono, and Tim Kono was the guy that was in the elevator that was like angry on the phone uh, when they all first met in the elevator. So it's like, oh, that guy, ooh, and they're like trying to remember like the details of that interaction that they had with him and all this stuff. But um, yeah, no, this guy, he's like dead on the ground, like brains blown out like it's it's very gory so this movie's tvma but like based on it's like oh selena gomez martin short steve martin whoo mm-hmm. it like this like light-hearted cast but mm-hmm. then there's like there's swearing there's like <laughs> but it's like charming swearing <laughs> and there's like violence and stuff so it, it's mm-hmm. i really like that aspect of it of where yeah. like as you've noted multiple times um it feels very cozy mm-hmm. and it feels kind of like this lighthearted spin this fun lighthearted spin on murder where like it's ultimately it's made for adults mm-hmm. but it does kind of have this like childlike enthusiasm to it mm-hmm. that makes it like oh okay like we can talk about this like crazy uh you know mature adult topic but we can still kind of have it feel like reminiscent of your childhood I guess. <laughs> um and i really like stuff like that mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean 
uh, from there, you know, they're they're trying to investigate. They they're like looking through the trash. The police have basically ruled this murder as no, sorry. The police have ruled the death as a uh, suicide, and they're like, nah, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. So they are trying to figure out like what happened, um, and in the process. They decide they're going to start their own true crime podcast of them trying to solve this murder that happened in their building. And they're like, ooh, this is fun. We're starting our own. We're starting our own podcast. We're being like detectives. And uh, Oliver, Oliver's also like strapped for cash. He's like, because he hasn't, uh, you know, directed anything since Splash the Musical. Um, he's like. He doesn't have a lot of money. At one point, he has to like go and ask his son, who lives in New Jersey, uh, for some money. And his son's like, no. Because <laughs> it seems like his son has given him money like, a lot. plenty of times yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Charles, li- I mean, sorry. And Oliver lives like a very extravagant lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And he also only eats dips. And drinks gut milk. And gut milk, yeah. <laughs> um, he's, so he's got a weird diet. But uh, that's just to kind of help explain his personality. But... <laughs> Um, where was I? Oh yeah. So, uh, he's kind of got this like, oh, I'm excited that we're making a podcast because we can also like make money from this. Mm -hmm. And so he was, while they're kind of like starting recording, he's like, you know, there was like a murder in the park, like down the street. If we want to like look at that as well, you know, maybe have like a little side story going on. And then Charles is like, no, only murders in the building. And then that's kind of how they come up with the name of their podcast, only murders in the building. And um, it kind of goes from there. But at the end of the very first episode, you find out that uh, because as part of Mabel's backstory is that like she didn't grow up living in the building. She would visit her aunt uh, who lived in the building. And it was because like, you know, her mom was always away working. So she would like go and spend time with her aunt living in this building. And she really enjoyed reading The Hardy Boys, which is, uh, you know, really old school um, detective novel series, kind of meant for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a whole bunch of Hardy Boys books growing up. I didn't read any of them. Um, (laughs) But I'm very familiar with what The Hardy Boys is. Mm -hmm. Um, Side note on The Hardy Boys, like, it did kind of make me, seeing The Hardy Boys, it did kind of make me reflect on, like, Oh, like, did my parents give me the Hardy Boys because they read the Hardy Boys when they were a kid and they kind of wanted me to like this thing that they liked when they were a kid and then it made me think about all the things that I want to show my kids hoping that they'll like it, mm-hmm. like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or whatever. And then maybe they just won't even open it or look <laughs> at it, you know? It- <laughs> I tell you that all the time. I'm like, you have to make sure you'll be okay if <laughs> your kids don't want to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Like, don't want to engage with the stuff that you want them to. Because yeah. odds are, that's going to be pretty high. <laughs> yeah, so mom, dad, if you are listening to this and you really wanted me to read those Hardy Boys books because you liked them when you were a kid, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, we find out as part of Mabel's backstory that she liked to play detective um, and really liked the Hardy Boys. And she actually knew Tim Kono. And Tim Kono was like her friend from childhood who she used to like pretend to be in the Hardy Boys with to like solve fake mysteries and stuff. 
So, but the other two don't know that she knows Tim Kono. And then it becomes this whole like, well, why isn't she telling them about her connection to the victim and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And it kind of just like goes from there. That's just the first episode. Um, and I've given you a little bit of backstory on the characters that you find out from like some other episodes, but like that's kind of ultimately like where things go. You do meet a lot of the different tenants that live in the building. And what's really cool, I think, about the show is that it presents all of the facts in such a way that, like, based on the information you have, you can actually come up with, like, a reasonable motive for why somebody would have done it, um, like, would have murdered this character. And it's like the show wants you to have those theories. It wants you to think, like, well, so-and-so did it because of this reason, only to find out, like... That there is, it's not so black and white. There is this gray area nuance of like, oh no, like it wasn't this person because of X, Y, Z. And so, I mean, eventually you do figure out, I watched the whole first season. I'm all caught up on the on the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 10 episode first season. Only three episodes at the time of recording have been released for the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm all caught up because it's a fantastic show. And um, so I do know like, who killed Tim Kono. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, basically like the show does give you like a lot of like red herrings. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, there were multiple times where I was sure I was like, Oh, well the characters themselves haven't targeted this person, but I am pretty sure for this reason, Mm -hmm. it had to have been this person only to find out later like the show is revealing to me like no we knew you'd have that theory (laughs) and it wasn't um and then ultimately you do find out who it was and you're like oh (laughs) um did you so did you the did you think it was the person who did it before uh, they revealed no interesting interesting because i immediately i knew I knew, and there were so many things that foreshadowed it, down to just like pure like narration, like the narration. Ooh. So Tina Fey, at one point, when there's an interaction between Charles and the Tina person Fey, who did it, yeah, T- Tina Fey is the woman who wrote the podcast that, that they all liked, liked at the beginning yeah. of the show. Yes. Yeah, um, and so there's a there's an interaction, there's a scene with Charles and the person who did it, um, and. In just the narration, which like you typically, you know, you don't really think too much about. It's just narration. But in the narration, Tina Tina Fey is like, she says something like, um, is it more dangerous to uh, take a second chance or to like leave or whatever? And like that was like some foreshadowing that you don't think about, but huh. like makes a lot of sense. Like after you kind of figure it out, you're like, oh, interesting. But there are so many other things about this character that I was like. All right, well, let's not dive too deep into it. Well, yeah, it, I'm not going yeah, to spoil anything. I don't want to give you any shred of evidence <laughs> for people to have any amount of idea of who this was. Yeah. So, yeah. because that would spoil the whole point of watching the first season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I took a lot of notes on what was happening in each episode so i would remember i my my plan was to give details on like the first two episodes i think it worked pretty well to just give like this is what the first episode was 
here's kind of just some stuff about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I guess, yeah, my, my big takeaway is like, this is a great show. You should go watch it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's like my new favorite thing. Um, mm-hmm. I love Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I like, I mean, like genuinely like Steve Martin. I'm not just like a kid that grew up watching Cheaper by the Dozen and is like, oh yeah, that guy. You know, mm-hmm. no, I'm like, no, no, no. Steve Martin's like a, a comedy genius. So it's like, it's really nice and refreshing to see him in something mm-hmm. that is also popular. Mm-hmm. That like, it's like, his, it feels like a comeback. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did like, Cheaper by the Dozen, one and two, and like the Pink Panther. And it was like, it kind of felt like a, you know, like a downfall of sorts. Oh, no. Um, he did bring it down the house, and I love that movie. Well, like, <laughs> he's done so much good yeah. stuff yeah. that it's like, it's it's really nice to see him in something mainstream that people are embracing mm-hmm. that he also was one of the creators of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, it's yeah, the show's just like really it's just really, really, really well written. Really really good story, really good backstory to all the characters and like understanding their motivations. There's like a particular thing in Charles, Steve Martin's character's backstory that made me like really sad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Are you okay? Yeah, I know. I was like I was not. <laughs> I was like, it's just a show. It's okay. Yeah. No, I was pretty upset. I thought it was it was pretty sad. I it's it's yeah it's surprising i feel like i don't normally get sad um when like sad things happen and things because i can like disconnect myself uh pretty well from like what's actually you know this is not real life Mm -hmm. but like i was like genuinely kind of like connected to like the characters and their plight um Mm -hmm. and to like learn this like specific thing in his backstory that that really it had me like all choked up i was like oh Mm-hmm. Um, so let that be a testament to how well written mm-hmm. the characters of the show are. Yeah. It's like you love every single one yeah. so much and you just like want the best for them. Which makes it more fun because there's a murderer among them. Murder. Yes. Yes. Um, any other notes before I go into like facts and things? Um, Sting is in this. <laughs> From the police, the band. <laughs> If any of y'all don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just really like that. Like, there are some celebrity cameos uh, yeah. in the show. In the second season, there are some celebrity cameos some that whack. I might not necessarily <laughs> approve of. Yeah. Not that they're controversial necessarily, but just because I just don't really like those people. And so it's kind of like, gosh, yeah. I wish... I wish they didn't catch wind of the show and say, oh, I really want to be on that show and then get themselves on that show because... Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they're not in the rest of the season. Yeah. Hopefully it's just like a one season thing. Yeah. If that specific person, the one specific individual who I'm thinking of, not, I mean... I'm like, you can call her out. (laughs) Amy Schumer. (laughs) Amy Schumer's in the second season. She's only been in like two scenes, Mm -hmm. maybe three. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't particularly think that she's funny. Um, I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah, I th- yeah, a lot of people like to bag on her. And I think, like, sometimes she can say funny things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, I just kind of, as soon as I saw her, I was like, ooh, I hope she only has, like, a sting amount of <laughs> uh, involvement in this. Because, sting- like, stings in 
the first season, but he's not like a like very barely. recurring character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's mostly like cameo kind of guest starring barely there stuff. So if Amy Schumer can, you know, <laughs> control herself and, <laughs> and not make her wedge herself into, I don't know. I don't know, you know, what the, at what her involvement was, who she knows on the writing staff or just the production staff. Like, if they were like, oh, we want to write Amy Schumer into it, or if she requested to be written into it, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, she is a human being, like, you know, I want her to, to live and die happy in her life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I just, like, don't think her brand of humor is what I want to see in this show, um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. You're so nice about it. I'm like, call her out. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but also, I'm not. (laughs) But, like, the show can, you know, she can have her little moment of, like, cameo in the season. It doesn't ruin the season. It doesn't ruin the season. It doesn't ruin the story. Yeah. If the show ends up going on for, like, you know, eight seasons, like, I'm not going to care about the time they had Amy Schumer on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just saying, like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe let's find somebody better (laughs) for, for season three, if there is one. Yeah. I hope so. I love this show so much. I, I literally started watching this show when you had COVID. I like... Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I was like, what's something that I've been wanting to watch and I just haven't? And I put it on and like literally I was in this little corner in our office glued. Like I was just like, ooh, I love this so yeah. much. It was the best. Um, yeah. I watched all of this within like three yeah, days. Yeah. You got through it very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else before I get into... Um, Facts. let's see. Let me check if I had any kind of like, because most of this stuff is very pointed on just like the events of the show, but I'm wondering if I have any kind of general thoughts in here. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so my first, first, just like my own personal opinion, um, whoever is in charge of wardrobe Oh, and fantastic. in charge of set design. Yeah. Because freaking, I want every item in Mabel's closet, even in Bunny's closet. Because Bunny, let me tell you, Bunny, Bunny has got the, some swag, some style. Bunny's, she's basically like the landlord. The, yeah, she's like the landlord. Um, the like part of board of directors or whatever. whatever yeah, it's she's called. like yeah. the president of the board yeah. that basically oversees the, yeah. the building. Yeah. yeah. Um, homegirl's got some style she's fabulous i love her just like that wardrobe and even like charles and oliver like their wardrobe too is just impeccable it's amazing i love it so much and then their apartments i'm obsessed with their apartments so nice i'm obsessed i want charles's apartment or bunny's apartment because both of them have beautiful like style and taste and it's just like goals i wonder how much they pay in rent okay I have a fact for you. Oh, oh, okay. I have a fact. Okay. So before I get to that, though, just some like other facts just about like the show as a whole. Oh, yeah. So this is the most watched comedy premiere in Hulu history. Okay. Hulu history. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. I mean, no shade to Hulu, but I... How many other Hulu exclusive shows do you think you've seen? 
Isn't Handmaid's Tale Hulu's? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's phenomenal. That's a phenomenal show. I haven't seen that show. Yeah, it's I really good. This might be the only Hulu exclusive show I've watched. Really? I do watch stuff on Hulu, but it wasn't you know, made for Hulu by Hulu or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think Handmaid's Tale might be the only show that I watched okay. on Hulu, but I it was a fantastic show. Um, I never finished it, though. All right. I, most watched yeah. comedy <laughs> premiere on Hulu. Yes. Not saying much, but glad <laughs> glad it's there. Glad to know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bar is set high. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also Steve Martin's first regular starring role in a TV series. Ever? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I, I'm just, like, he's, you pointed out, like, he is such a lovable face. Oh, he's so lovable. I, I recommended this show to my mom last night because, like, I know my mom loves Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you would wa- you should watch this. I think you'd really like it. I didn't even tell her that Steve Martin was in it. Mm-hmm. I think she then looked it up herself. And then she texted me back saying, love Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you just love Steve Martin so much. He's just, like. Oh, and I just want to hug him. Like, if I met him in person, I'd be like, can I just have a hug? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, just him in combination with Martin Short, I think this was, like, their seventh um, collaboration together. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't... they've collaborated a lot together. Oh, wow. Yeah. I um, mean, they, they work so well together. They're just, like, they're perfect together. Their comedy together and how they just, like, play off one another is just so funny. And it cracks me up. And I love it. It's the best. Um, so, yeah. Uh so here is my fact about rent. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> so, hear it. <laughs> so actually, the ex- so the exterior shots of the Arconia are shots of a real apartment building okay. um, in New York. It's called the Belnord. Did I write that down right? Belnord, I think, is what it's called. Belnord? Belnord, located on the B- Upper West. B-E-L-N-O-R-D? Yes. Okay. Located on the Upper West Side. So I decided to, like, take a look at their website. Like, Ooh. how much would it cost if someone were to <laughs> okay. live there? It's a beautiful building. Right. So <laughs> I quickly was like, oh, I would never be able to afford this. Okay. <laughs> um, their cheapest apartment is a two-bedroom... Oh, cheapest two, one. The okay. cheapest one. Continue. Is a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. The rent... Like we have. Like we have. Their rent was well over 4000 a month. <gasps> Honestly, so New York... Well over 4000 Well over 4000 a month. Oh. So I say that... I, the reason why I don't get into specifics, because they did have specific prices, is because, like, New York, the way... The, like, types of fees and stuff, apartment apartment tenants have to pay yeah it's kind of confusing how it works in new york like there's like multiple fees so the apartment itself just like flat rate was like four thousand and something but then there were two different types of fees and it was like an estimated monthly for these fees one fee was like a thousand dollars a month over a thousand dollars a month and the other fee was like two thousand something dollars a month okay so so it's like seven thousand dollars yeah so it's more like seven thousand dollars if i'm understanding the way it works correctly all right well, um, the most expensive apartment I believe was a four bedroom. I don't know how many bathrooms okay. apartment. The flat rate was $8,000, not including those fees. Right. So probably somewhere around 10, 11,000. So much money. Yes. Yes. Oh. I mean, it is Upper West Side. So like, I yeah, was surprised, yeah. right. but in it's New York. But I was like, Gee. so you can only imagine how much these fictional characters right. are like, I mean, paying. Every apartment in New York mm-hmm. in fiction yeah. is way bigger than what that character would actually be able to, to afford. afford in yeah. real life. Yeah. So. I, but I mean, within like the tenets of 
this like fictional show right they are wealthy people like right, it's right, like right, right. without a doubt they have wealth they, yeah there's the, yeah so that is established yeah I, I mean i'm just saying like when you look at like peter parker's new apartment in uh, spider-man no way home <laughs> it's like well that apartment's way too big he's yeah. gotta be paying a lot to get that which like but, who's paying that because right. he doesn't have a job exactly <laughs> he doesn't even have an identity at the end of that movie maybe like may when she passed away he got some money from that but nobody oh knows no one even knows that. yeah so, like uh, well anyway. i mean they would know legally who his nephew is who her nephew is who sorry who her nephew is i guess i don't know well we, we're still waiting for information uh, yeah we're waiting on for like will. what's <laughs> we're, yeah we, we want well we're still waiting on information on like how the whole magic spell worked at the end of that movie but um but like in Spider-Man 2 and 3 with Tobey Maguire, yeah. he actually does live in like a tiny dingy yeah. apartment. That's like, and he like that's can't afford his rent. Yeah, he can't even like, afford his give rent. Give me my yeah. rent. <laughs> so that's what I imagine like is yeah. a little, I mean, maybe it's exaggerated, but like I imagine yeah. that's a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, but yes, you are right. The characters in the show are established as wealthy. Yeah. And so it is kind of like a, it is quite a nice building. Mm-hmm. And... It also makes me think about, like, who are my neighbors in my apartment <laughs> building? I don't know anybody. We know the lady with the dog. She's our favorite neighbor. Yeah, she is very nice. Yeah, I love her. Um, so the last kind of thing, fact that I had. So the True Crime podcast that the three are obsessed with at the beginning of the show uh-huh. um, is based on a podcast called Serial by Sarah Koenig, who she's like an investigative journalist. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I've actually listened to some of her podcast in class so we listen to so basically what she does is she takes a true story and covers it for the entirety of a season um and so in in class in our class we listen to her series called nice white parent okay yeah okay i think that's what it's called yeah nice white yes nice white parents um and basically that whole season was about how like schools are still segregated and Uh it basically followed this group of moms whose children didn't get into this like nice school they wanted to go to so they like tried to basically like they like somehow i'm missing pieces where's the crime fit into this (laughs) honestly it wasn't it was this this series wasn't really crime okay but it was following these parents who like want decided for like self-serving reasons to kind of like integrate like integrate schools and like form policy like inform policy to like create like create these like schools where their children would be able to go and were really nice schools um but like the way they went about and these trying, are all white parents yeah it's okay. all white moms and the way they went about trying to like make a school diverse and like make the best school was like very much not actually serving minorities in any sort of way I see. <laughs> and yeah it was just kind of like their realization of like oh well we're all white and like we're really doing this because we want our kids to like go to like a really great school and like we're not really taking into consideration like actual kids of color right so yeah anyway it and that was covered over like a few episodes so i highly recommend that podcast how many how many of these like stories i guess do you think she's done total Ooh, i don't know i don't know um I didn't look through all of them. I know the Nice White Parents one was probably like three seasons ago when she did that. So she's okay. covered like maybe two or more other stories since then. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not sure how long it's gone on. But it's it's very like highly praised podcast because okay. I've heard about it many times, and then finally got to listen to it when we had our our class and and we listened to it. But yeah, okay, uh, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to uh, check that out and see what, uh, what kind of stories are going on there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would like to listen to some of her other ones because I really enjoyed the nice white parents one. But yeah, but that's pretty much all that I had on Fox. I just chose a few. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that. All right. Well, ready to assign? Yes. Okay. You go first. Okay. Um, I wanted to give you a movie that is such a random movie. Probably no one remembers it. But for some reason, I've been in the mood to watch it because it's kind of like a wild movie. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to assign you Nerve. Have you seen that? With, Nerve? Yeah, it's Nerve with Dave Franco and Emma Roberts. Ooh, I don't think I have. Okay. What the heck is that? It's it's a wild ride. It is a very wild ride. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, so I guess I'll see. You'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I wanted to give you... I kind of wanted to try to like just based on the choice that you gave me kind of just like pick something on my list at random based on that but I had like a couple in mind mm-hmm. um but that was not what I expected so now <laughs> I'm kind of stuck so I'm just going to kind of pick what I guess I was going to go with which is uh this movie that I liked a lot when I was a kid the first time I saw it the movie I didn't think that I would like but then ended up watching and was like, that was really cool. And I watched it a few times when I was a kid. I haven't really watched it since. Uh, don't know if it holds up. I apologize if it doesn't. Um, and that is the live action adaptation movie of Speed Racer. What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Emile Hirsch, directed by the Wachowskis. The people who made The Matrix. Matrix, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know how. I, we'll see how the quality holds up, but like, it's. I think mm-hmm. it might be fun. I I remember watching it when I was like twelve, and being like, "This mm-hmm. is surprisingly cool." So <laughs> got you. Well, I feel like that's how I felt about my movie that I chose to assign you. Yeah. It was like a. I came in watching it, being like, "This is gonna be the worst movie ever," and then at the end of it, I was like. Loki, that was interesting. That was kind of fun. Okay. Well, maybe that's the theme for next week's episode. <laughs> Movies that surprised us. Yeah. We'll see how many people end up listening to it. They'll probably be like, oh, I don't want to watch this or I don't want to listen to this because it's like, that doesn't seem cool. But then if they, those that do listen will then get the details on why those things were actually good. <laughs> I well, mean, I don't know we'll if Nerve see. is good. but I like- don't know if Speed Racer is good. So... <laughs> Well, so this is, these are movies that you should just give it a shot. Just it's something you just gotta put on to see if you you vibe with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well I can even recommend Speed Racer to a general <laughs> audience, but for a guy like me, pretty good. But we'll get into that next week. Yes. See you then. All right. Bye. Bye.